0: can't wait to artificially inseminate you. Shut up. (laughs) Are we
1: on? Are we on? Three, two, two, one. All right. Welcome to the Love & Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Camille LeBlanc-Besonet.
0: And I'm Dave Lipson.
1: Also your host. And today, we want to talk about someone who did something amazing. And we're so proud of her. And also we wanna go more in detail in how we've been doing this with multiple people.
0: This is the podcast you're gonna wanna save and put a little asterisk next to and listen and re-listen to again and again. We're gonna talk about how to take a CrossFit athlete, someone who trains for elite fitness and get them in shape to a point where they can step on and be competitive on a top level bodybuilding stage. Yes. Such a cool thing. I think a lot of people think of these things as being separate from one another, both performance and aesthetics, but they are very supportive of one another. And the God's the honest truth is that a lot of CrossFitters are not that far away mm-hmm. from being stage ready than they think. And yeah. a lot of folks who initially come to us who might wanna maybe do some like one-on-one coaching or do some of our programs, they're curious, right? They're curious to figure out like, okay, how do I maybe blend performance and aesthetics for myself a little bit? I love being able to do all these awesome physical things, but I want to look awesome too, or I want to know how to do this maybe for my members, right? And understand like, how do I give them maybe a little bit of hypertrophy training or some dietary advice to help them? Because most people going to those gyms are there because they want to look good and they want to feel good. So as a gym owner or a coach, you should be able to also deliver those aesthetics through your training and nutrition programs. There's no better way to learn than by doing it yourself.
1: Yeah, I think something that like, we've seen over the years of doing what we do is um, it's just kind of like that, that idea of coming back to your roots, because a lot of people go and start um, to be part of a CrossFit gym because they want to look good and they want to feel good. And then the ego and the competitive side... Well, then the CrossFit Open
0: comes. And they, they almost get indoctrinated into a whole new set of goals or values where, you know, there are no mirrors in this gym and there's the whiteboard and the open. And we start really putting all the emphasis on performance. But that doesn't mean that you need to diminish aesthetics.
1: Yeah, so going back to what I was saying, a lot of people, that's what they start with and then they get pulled into the competitive side. And then they kind of go through this whole thing. And now literally, I would say most people we work with either on a one-on-one basis or through a challenge, what they come back to is that I want to look good too. Like I would really like to look good. And the nice thing, the best thing about CrossFitter is that they are intense mm-hmm. and they're ready to suffer. So when it comes for us to work with those people, it is so nice and such a gift to us as, um, as trainer to have people that are willing to do the work and just need to be channeled in the right way. So earlier when you were saying how a, a lot of CrossFit are like, are almost kind of there, they really just need to be given the right tools and direction into like getting to that stage ready because they know how to suffer. They know how to train. They know how to move well. Now it we just needs to be channeled in a whole new way. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think like as a CrossFitter, the things that we are really attracted to is the community in CrossFit, mm-hmm. you know, to a new gym, training hard for a lot of people. This was like a big light bulb moment where they're like, holy crap, I've been going to the gym for 10 years and I feel like I've never really trained before. Mm. And now just getting some exposure to these compound high utility functional mm-hmm. movements or learning how to work with intensity skyrockets their their results. But what I, I don't think they realize is that a lot of these people are coming from what they think is bodybuilding. Yeah, they're saying like, oh, I, I had a 24 hour gym membership and I would go and do, you know, three sets of 10. But that's not really bodybuilding. It's certainly not doing bodybuilding as as well as you can. And I mean, as a CrossFitter, you mentioned it. You have so many tremendous advantages to be able to do huge things when it comes to developing your aesthetics. Number one, you know how to move. Yes. Yeah, you know how to do a back squat or a deadlift or a, you know a pull up or a press. Like you're doing these movements that have so much bang for your buck mm-hmm. that the return is undeniable and unparalleled the second thing you know how to do is work really hard yes like you'll do pull-ups until your fucking hands bleed now if we just take those skills and channel them in the right direction really the progress comes fast and hard and if you think about most people in traditional gyms they don't know how to move very well right they're not practicing these these functional movements or if they are it's usually pretty damn ugly and they don't know how to work hard. Like nobody wants to look silly or look mm-hmm. stupid at the gym. So they're just like coming in all dolled up and they just don't want to, you know,
1: look sweat too sweat
0: or, or scream or anything. So, you know, just doing things a little bit more thoughtful on the training end of things really gives us a couple benefits, right? And the big arguments for introducing maybe hypertrophy training or the process of building muscle specifically has so much context to CrossFit is one, injury prevention. Yes. Because when it comes to good hypertrophy training, it's not about making heavy weights feel light, it's about making lightweights feel hard, which oftentimes means removing those common players of injury, speed and load. Like, I went too fast and I got hurt, or I went too heavy and I got hurt.
1: Yeah, talking about that specific first component to bodybuilding, for me, when I started to do like, like, more complex bodybuilding advanced bodybuilding which is what we both program it was really high opening how much it increased my mind muscle connection because you have to move slow and because everything is so purposeful like the the whole idea of doing bodybuilding is about like finding the right stimulation for that muscle part that you're working and this once you get this the application when it comes to something like CrossFit or like Olympic weightlifting or things that are more dynamic is just very potent because that muscle connection is so much better. You're
0: able to fortify these common areas of breakdown Mm -hmm. like if you know you you got a back that tends to get kicked up or a shoulder that tends to get hurt. You don't have to pedal to the metal with intensity or load. You can spend some time building up positional yes. strength and actually, uh, you know, creating these these things that may we consider like maybe like a lagging muscle group or a weak area. You can really build it up yes. and strengthen it because it, hypertrophy is about building up the tissue, the cross-sectional size and strength, the tendinal strength and then when you go to apply that intensity for your one rep max lift or for, to to do the olympic lift or the ballistic thing you've got the capacity there to handle that stress instead of it always being maximum intensity but then beyond that right there's the performance benefit mm-hmm. which is really comes to the fact that like you know because you know how to move, use your body so well you know how to cheat really good. You can do a kipping pull-up, you know how to get in the right positions or patterns to Olympic lift Mm -hmm. and lift a huge weight up to your shoulders. That neurology or the way that your brain communicates with your body is there. So really a big area of opportunity is being able to increase your contractile potential To exact that neurology by increasing the cross-sectional size and strength, so you got a bigger machine that you can use that software on. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, the last one, which I think we started with, was most people come to the gym because they want to look good and feel good. Yeah, and being able to look awesome naked or love what you see in the mirror or wear the results of wear your hard your work, work on your body is it's huge. It's hugely is, rewarding.
1: That was, you know, when I did my bodybuilding show because. I think like the biggest reason why I did a bodybuilding show for myself was I think there's so much stigma around for women as you become a mom that you'll never look good again and like I just disagree with um, when someone tells me that I should be a certain way I just most of the time are like all right <laughs> let, let's see you know, let's see what we can do here, true or not, like, let's test it out, and uh, so I wanted to look the best I've ever looked a year after Zoe, so that's why I did a bodybuilding show, I also wanted to learn everything about it, so I could help other people, Um, and it was the first time in my life (laughs) that I, like, felt what it it was to wear your work in this capacity, because when I did CrossFit, um i especially at the level at which i did it i completely had to shut down a part of that like looking anyway in my brain in order to be like performance focused so for me when i did crossfit it was like literally there's like this part of myself that i shut down and it was like only focus is performance it doesn't matter what i look like it doesn't matter what i have to eat like i'm here to just be the most performant like physically i can be ended up ruining my hormones quite a bit but doing the bodybuilding show was the first time that i would like be able to create curves on myself that i've never had before like smaller waist shoulder ratio like just you know get that that booty popping out and it was it was honestly, when it comes to like building confidence, I felt that it would it helped me build confidence the same way that lifting a load gave me confidence um, like when I did CrossFit, like lifting weight made me feel independent and strong. And I feel like being able now to train in a way that I can wear my work on me is giving me a whole new set of confidence that is very parallel to it.
0: And I think there's always a point where, you know, as someone who who loves chasing elite athletic performance, you know, when you're in your 20s and you can demolish yourself and still see progress and be getting somewhere and you don't have these chronic nagging injuries and you're still able to get the PRs, you know, when you Mm. push, um, that's awesome. But there is a point usually in your early or maybe mid thirties, where all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm not getting much stronger. And I kind of got this thing and it almost takes the wind out of your sails because all that excitement you got about progressing and chasing a goal. Now you're kind of like moving in the opposite direction and just trying to hold on and it can be very defeating. Just switching the the perspective a little bit and be like, Hey, we're still going to practice high intensity functional movements. Maybe the way that we're doing them is a little bit Different. different, But now we're, we're focusing on building up our bodies and improving our composition and our aesthetics and our physique. Now that reward is there. And oftentimes when the physique improves, the performance is improving mm-hmm. too because of that increased cross-sectional size and change. We have people all the time that are getting new strength PRs, doing hypertrophy training that are like, I was going in the opposite direction and now my shoulder doesn't hurt yeah. and I PR'd my bench press. Yeah. But... I think that we are now starting to see across the board in the the functional fitness and CrossFit space, the, uh, the interjection of hypertrophy training, it's starting to seep in. Right? Which is and, very and we're exciting. With different online programs, yeah. with different gyms, there's like mayhem bodybuilding. And, you know, people are saying like, Oh, we do bodybuilding. We do hypertrophy training here. You got to be careful. Yeah. We've, we've
1: seen a lot of those programs. and They are not <laughs> off the bat.
0: I don't, I never going to talk shit about a program, but I'll tell you right now, just like doing a burpee and a thruster doesn't mean you're doing cross. Yes.
1: Right. There's yes. a lot
0: more to it than that. You're not doing it until you're actually doing it. It's the same with bodybuilding. You really do need to have that experience of not just reading it in a book, but living it and having the knowledge of taking athletes and getting them ready for stage, or getting yourself ready for stage, or just understanding all the components that go into hypertrophy to really do it right. And there's no way to get around that. There's, there's the, you can't yeah, just you get have that to be in on a stage. weekend course, and you can't get that by imitating a workout that you saw in Muscle and Fitness magazine. You need to actually live it. You're so from the beginning, such... we, we decided that like, hey, you know, we, got, we understand the CrossFit stuff. We've been there as a 10-year veteran of the CrossFit seminar staff, CrossFit Games champion, and a decade of competing at the highest level. Not only do we know that and have that knowledge, we have the credibility. In bodybuilding, we were at the bottom of the totem pole, so we had to prove ourselves, and so we put ourselves in positions to be able to learn by doing, and from now, the
1: best from the very also. best from the very
0: best in the country we went to the Armrest pro gym in, in denver colorado we mentored under some of the best bodybuilding coaches mm-hmm. in the country we did it ourselves we started to understand we did all it those with, components
1: yeah we would train with some of the best bodybuilder in the country and then we under would, the eyes of some of them the go back to our coach. garage
0: gym and think about like well what does this stuff mean to the functional athlete now we have a lot of athletes and coaches that we're working with that are doing the same thing that are like hey i'm a crossfit coach mm-hmm. or i'm an athlete and i i really want to know how to actually do this right
1: yeah i think one of like the the big point about doing bodybuilding right is once you do it you understand that bodybuilding isn't just like a workout and and that's the thing is i feel like a lot of, of um people who try to do bodybuilding at first they think that if they do this like EMOM of like one minute, you know, 15 bicep girl. Minute two, stiff like that lift, Minute three, like there's so much missing to that because I think like the thing I've learned the most about bodybuilding outside like the the science behind it, which it comes to like muscle tension, like metabolic stress, and all that. That's like the science behind the bodybuilding itself. But if you are not the nutrient timing with your training and also chasing those states in your body when you're training, you're like working such at a fraction of what you could be working at. And that's, I think that is such a big thing that we do a lot with our athletes and clients. And it's understanding how taking advantage of the state that your body is in, how much that's gonna affect like your, your performance and recovery and how your body is changing. So just throwing on a sheet of paper, like every body part for like 10 to 15 reps, there's just such a lack of understanding about what bodybuilding fundamentally is.
0: Yeah, I mean, even from a training perspective, I remember years ago, we tried to pitch Dave Castro and Nicole Carroll the idea of doing a CrossFit hypertrophy course. Mm-hmm. And their reaction, which is honestly a lot of people's reaction because it's so misunderstood, is they were like, oh, you mean like bicep curls? They were like
1: we're not teaching bicep like, curls.
0: No. There's the physiology, the methods, the mechanisms, the practical application, the science behind it, the, the physiology of how muscles grow and what you'll realize when you get into this stuff and the first conversation we have with athletes we work with is just understanding anabolic signals and catabolic signals in the body and the things that are associated with them. Because while the training is great, the training is the stimulus, what's gonna have, a more, it's gonna have a greater impact on which direction your body's moving, whether it's gaining muscle mass or losing body fat or recompositioning or just putting on fat, is going to be the nutrition and the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And five key components that we talk about with people. There's the idea of the caloric balance, right? Are you in a a, a, a caloric surplus? Are you in a deficit? Are you in maintenance calories? The nitrogen balance, right? How much protein you have? Do you have enough protein to support muscle protein synthesis? Um, The targeted nutrient timing, Mm -hmm. meaning how frequently are you eating? And when you are eating, what do the macronutrients look like? around your training? What do they look like when you're not training? And then finally the training components. You know, what does the cardio volume look like? What does the hypertrophy training volume look like? What are the lagging body parts we're working on? What is it about how you're training that's not getting you results? Because your body is this adaptive organism that's just designed to survive. So that's why when you're already adapted to CrossFit. It doesn't pack the same punches when you started. And the same is true with hypertrophy training. But the beautiful thing about it is it doesn't always need to be three sets of 10 and it doesn't always need to be light as possible. And it always doesn't, doesn't need to be hundreds of reps. You just need to understand how to pin muscles down and exhaust them in different ways and how to track that progress and how to rotate it. So you can kind of continue to see results. So we have had a number of athletes we've Mm -hmm. worked with from the CrossFit space. And these are like, CrossFit team competitors, they've like competed at the yeah. CrossFit Games, uh, gym owners, um, and just regular CrossFit and gym just members. regular members, who yeah. Who, for one way or another, we met them. Maybe we, they did a 30 day shred challenge with us, or maybe they just saw us in the gym training and they were interested in what we were doing. And we started working with them in some capacity, usually beginning with some diet and training. And at a certain point, they decided. I would like to see yeah. what I could do in a bodybuilding show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's such a cool thing because nothing will unlock that, that physique, you, you know, that, that, that Not physical just potential. The physique, that you but have. The,
1: the will, yeah. like knowing that you're about to step exactly. naked on a stage, like, it's like.
0: If you, you don't want to show
1: up unprepared to that one and that's the
0: the cool thing about and doing you can't show, cheat whether you whether you have a desire to compete in bodybuilding or not or if you want to get your pro card or place at the show i'm like i don't think that matters because if you want to know how good you could look like mm-hmm. what your potential is sign up for a show because nothing will bring it out that way than knowing like you said at a certain day at a certain time you're going to be naked on a yeah. stage in front of a panel of judges looking to pull you apart and a bunch of other really good looking guys and girls in front of a crowd of your friends and family, now all of a sudden adhering to the diet or staying on schedule or getting the training in or being disciplined to be able to push your body to a state that you've never been able to get it before, Mm -hmm. that's not so hard because of that fear and desperation Mm -hmm. and urgency that that creates.
1: Yeah, I think like, I think that like when we, like the first couple of athletes we work with, I felt a tremendous pressure <laughs> as a coach. Like for me, it was a big, uh, um, like I really, like as a coach, I really put in myself out there because now those people represent you and it, you know, it's like the first time that I work with someone else to bring them on stage. And it was really, really cool and fascinating to me to see how to reset someone's hormones and once the hormones start to like be supported, then the body start to do what you want it to do and then you can start to change really the nutrition in accordance to how this person's body is reacting and it's so exciting to be able to have those tools when you like pair nutrition and training to see like the work just happening on someone like and there's a point where like where if you've done things right and you've tuned things well, that literally depending on what you're giving the person food-wise and training-wise, you're literally manipulating their body in the right direction. And I, I found that so fascinating. I really, really love um that component. Now going back to taking a crossfitter to stage, I think like a big misconception when it comes to coming from the performance world is that, well, we're so much tougher because we can endure like a well-fueled work. And it was really eye-opening to me of how it is and what it's like to compete in bodybuilding because it's kind of the complete opposite where it's like, how much can you work when you are completely depleted. It's
0: a different kind of...
1: So, on one side...
0: Uncomfortability. On crossing. one side, you
1: show up at least kind of feeling good because you have fuel, yep. and then you have to perform on game day. And then on the flip side in bodybuilding is you've been suffering yep. for months, and you show up, and you show up completely depleted. And it's it was very... Um, Honestly, if you do, if you do a show, you have my respect, like yeah. and for from one side to the other side to say like, oh, you know, I do CrossFit, like bodybuilding's not tough like me or being a bodybuilder and being like, oh, CrossFit are on tough like me. Like, honestly, you both are really tough. It's either both extreme. The, the level of work dedication is mine mind-blowing to me. I think
0: high-level CrossFitters understand how to suffer, but they understand how to suffer in the workout. Yes. The thing about bodybuilding, especially during prep, when you start getting to the end phases, is that the workout, honestly, is the best part of it. You're like, I feel great in the workout, I'm moving. (laughs) It's it's when you're not in the workout, (laughs) and you're just sitting there being like, well, I'm really hungry, and I'm really tired and I gotta do this cardio right now. Mm -hmm. That's the mind buck. And I'll tell you, we brought a lot of CrossFitters to stage for the first time. None of them have started working with us with the intent of doing a show. They started working with us and they saw how their body was adapting. And they were thinking, damn, I'm getting some big results here. Let me see how far I can take yes. this.
1: Yes, it was always kind of a discussion of like, literally every everyone we work with, it would be like, okay, I, you know, at first they don't really want to say that they want their body to look better, so we, you know, we help them get towards their goal, and we're like, we're gonna make them look better at the same time. Exactly. And, and then sometimes
0: they're even apprehensive. And then they're
1: like, so. Um, talk to me about a show
0: (laughs) But you know like i was looking
1: at this show in eight weeks like yeah sign up for it let's go when we have our initial calls
0: i ask people i'm like tell me everything you'd want to get out of this like kitchen sinking they'll say oh i want a better energy and i want to be consistent with the training and nutrition plan and i'd like to get a little bit stronger and i'd like to get performance in the workouts and yeah i think i'd like to lose some body fat and build some muscle and I'll let them say everything, (laughs) and then I'll say, okay, now if you had to distill all of those goals down to your one Mm
1: -hmm. primary
0: goal, and I recommend you pick the area that you have the most room to improve in, what would that be? Almost always, it's recomposition. It's like, yes, I would like to get rid of the fluff, I would like to look more muscular, and if those other things can happen, great, but mostly that. To me, I'm like, perfect. I know exactly how to do that.
1: It's always look good, feel good. Yeah. Like they'll tell you all the things they want, and they're like, "But truly, I would really like to look the way I would like to look." You know.
0: So I want to talk um, about someone who just recently competed. Uh, our friend Abby Strecker.
1: From so she's uh, uh, the owner of CrossFit Pursuit, CrossFit with, Pursuit with her, her boyfriend. Orlando.
0: She's a gym owner along with her boyfriend. They have an awesome. OG CrossFit community there. She originally contacted me because she was interested in nutrition coaching, and she said, you know what? Like, I do CrossFit. I'd like to kind of keep doing the functional training, but I definitely want to see, like, I, I, I want to bring out more aesthetics. I want to mm-hmm. look the part a little bit more. Just so when people come into my gym and they're trying, you know, they're there because they want to look good, they have someone they can emulate. And or a someone resource. To look to. Uh, yeah. Yes. Like, you, as a trainer, like... Yeah, you got to walk the walk, and you do have to look the part. You need to be good at your job, but aesthetics are important because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to go to an accountant who's dirt poor. I'm not going to go to a lawyer who loses most of his cases. I want to go to the vet, you, <laughs> know, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, we started with that, and immediately, Abby responded really well. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you the five really important things we did with her. We would already mentioned them. We put her in a slight caloric deficit, Mm -hmm. not too much, but just a little bit to get her weight moving down. We gave her the positive nitrogen balance so she was eating more protein than she had ever eaten before. We were spending some of the day in a carbohydrate restricted state, but around her training, we were giving her carbs so she could really perform. And then we started introducing daily morning fasted cardio and the hypertrophy training volume for muscle anarchy. Those five things initially Really got her moving to the point where she didn't have any interest and in And that's the kind show. of
1: her a, a blue map.
0: She's five foot three. She started at 147 pounds. And after about the first month, she's like, damn, like I'm starting to look better than I've ever looked before. I'm curious. What, how would one do a bodybuilding show? What would that take? And I said, oh, I'll tell you, it wouldn't take that much at all. You're about uh, eight and a half weeks away. Yeah. We would have to continue to cut you know, at your height. We would match them up with a division. So you know, for most of our athletes, a lot of the ladies have an e- easy entry point in bikini because you don't have to have an exceptional it amount of
1: muscle. It takes a lot of time to build muscle. There are some you can crossfit wrestling. girls,
0: competitive crossfit curls, that could probably enter in figure.
1: Well, that was what we were debating for me, which one I should do. Depending on how much muscle. Yeah.
0: But I would say for a majority of CrossFitters, bikini is an easy entry point. Likewise for men. Okay. Men's physique. That's the one where you wear board shorts and just grade it on your upper Mm -hmm. body. These are kind of like muscular beach body guys. That could match up well. most
1: CrossFitters have good musculature.
0: You could take most competitive male CrossFitters and have them stage ready in 12 weeks. They wouldn't have to build that yeah, much more muscle.
1: Yeah, I agree. Once
0: you get into men's classic physique or men's bodybuilding, that's going to take probably a good to, year yeah, to, to put, put on the muscle and size to actually be competitive there. So Abby wanted to go for bikini. So let's
1: talk about, um, I want to go back to just go back a little bit more in detail in those five points that you just brought up. Because that really is kind of like... Uh, I mean, quite a potent roadmap that we're both using, and they have very specific um, purpose, and and we always use it like as like. It's not just
0: exclusive. It's not just exclusive to aesthetics. No, we use it all the time. we'll, (laughs) We'll use that for people. That have health issues, that have yes. insulin sensitivity issues, or are obese and yep. need to lower their BMI,
1: or that need to change how they eat because they're getting older and their hormones aren't responding the same. And that's like, I, I think that's the. When I talk about like being able, like, like we're both what we do with our clients and athletes is that we change their body chemistry so we can so we can start to have it to use it to push them in the right um, direction. But prior to that, it's like we have to do this reset. And like that's kind of sometimes the hardest part is that one, two weeks, three weeks, max four weeks. It'll take up to four weeks sometimes before that reset happens. But once the reset happens, then it's like it's freaking magic.
0: Here's a really interesting thing, too. I will have a lot of guys that want to work with me and they're specifically interested in gaining muscle mass. Mm -hmm. They're like, I want more muscle, I wanna be bigger and stronger. Even when that's the case, and we wanna bring their body weight up and increase their muscle mass, we almost always start with a cut to build good insulin sensitivity so that when we reintroduce those carbs, they are responding hard and fast to it and they are coming out not just bigger but also leaner than they've ever been before, because now they're not just storing that stuff away, but they're using it to drive muscle protein synthesis.
1: A hundred percent. And that's like one of the biggest thing that I see with, um, you know, when you train for performance, That there's almost this trend of like, look how much carbs I'm eating. And it's like, well, if you're eating all those carbs and there's no purpose and you're not timing it around your training, you're most likely just Doing, you know, some some damage that you're gonna pay for when you're much older and because not, your insulin sensitivity is not there. It's not sustainable. And it's not it's not giving you um, yeah, it's not sustainable. So, and it's not giving you that anabolic response that you're looking for around your training. As so, a context. so like you're just. Inflame, inflammation in your body from eating too much carbon, well, then you're, inflammation from training. You're there's losing no that reset. Sensitivity.
0: You know, anytime you're pushing the body in one direction or another, mm-hmm. you got about 12 to 16 weeks before your body's adapted to it and it's no longer yeah. doing you good. You can't cut someone down aggressively for more than three months before their body literally starts to shut down, and the metabolism is shut down, and the thyroid's getting stressed. You can't push that where you're restricting the carbs and restricting the mm-hmm. calories and still get that response. The same way you can't continue to push calories and push carbs before you're just losing insulin sensitivity and putting on shitty weight and walking around in flames. The, the point is to get yourself into a position to leverage those responses knowing that that's a finite window and you can't indefinitely live there. You, yes. need, to, you need to stress your body, get the adaptation, and then let it adjust and come back to maintenance before you can go in one direction or the other so like with abby for instance top to bottom it was about three months in change that yep. we worked together when she started she was two, 147 she was able to get under 120 pounds on stage now since she got on stage she did her show we're bringing her calories back up we're reintroducing carbs but the crazy thing is even as we reverse diet,
1: keep she's still better.
0: getting leaner and leaner mm-hmm. and looking better and better because we're just throwing coals on the fire because we did deplete her down so much that now reintroducing food revs up her metabolism and actually creates a thermic effect in the body where she can continue. It's not like she's going to go from, and she ended at about 1,100 calories, bringing her back up to 1,300 calories. She's still in a caloric deficit.
1: Yeah. She's, she's and not the,
0: eating more that, that would actually increase her mass, but she is able to stimulate her metabolism.
1: And because she's also still going with the nutrient timing, where like she's going to restrict the carbs still around the weightlifting, her body now has more fuel. She has that thermogenic effect, and her body, because she went soline is prime. It like wants, you know, it wants things. So as you're like doing good training with good food around the training, now she's gonna put on muscle really easily and just increase that quality of her physique, which is just, it's just so fun um, to work with. Going back to um, uh, kind of those extreme, right? I, f- I feel like people think, because I, I thought that when I went from performance to like eating more on purpose with purpose for health and life and aesthetic, It was almost like if i don't eat before i either do my cardio or train like i'm gonna die (laughs) you know like yes it was like this thing of like i absolute like almost i was so scared to not have enough fuel because i think for 10 years i was so scared to not not have enough fuel because i was always on the performance side um it's just very funny to see um to me how much and how much more common than we think it is People are so prime and like brainwashed that they absolutely need a banana before they go for a jog in the morning. They absolutely need some sort of carbs like around no matter what they do. Like as soon as it's like activity, like physical activity, they think I must eat my oatmeal, orange juice, whatever it is. And... um, It was very eye-opening to me to do a whole bodybuilding thing and just learn so much more about the chemistry in the body that you're okay. You have a lot of stored fuel already. I,
0: I think in CrossFit, sometimes you get into conversations about what people call mental toughness, Yeah. right? And they think, well, I do these really hard workouts, so I'm developing mental toughness. Mental toughness is not doing hard things that you're comfortable with right yeah, that's so like exactly. you're comfortable doing crossfit in fact what might be uncomfortable could be not doing crossfit yeah yeah yeah. And, go and on, go for a 5k K on the weekend yeah. yeah they confuse those things and it's the same thing like i'll, I'll see it where people are all on board <laughs> to push themselves super hard in their training but the second their diet becomes just a little bit challenging mm-hmm. their arms go up in the air and they're like I'm hungry.
1: I'm like, take the coffee oh, yeah, away. Take hungry. the it's, chocolate away. Yeah, They're like, no, like, no, no. Challenge. And
0: the same way training needs to be uncomfortable, you got to push yourself to do something you're not adapted to to get results in training. It's the same with diet, whether yeah. that be gaining weight or losing weight or cutting or gaining, like y- you need to get a little uncomfortable to get the stress response. And then that uncomfortability should be something that is progressive, Yes. right? The same way you put more weight on the bar, you start and we love to just meet athletes where they're at in an initial prescription with just the right level of stress, get them moving. And now once that has run its course and they're plateaued, now let's make it a little harder, mm-hmm. whether that be more volume and training or maybe a little bit less food or, or whatever that might be. But it has to be kind of a progressive process for people. and. What I love the most about like working with athletes for that three-month period, is like, you start working with them, it, it's hard for them. Naturally, it's gonna be. And then you're able to unlock something in them that they didn't think they could yeah. do. They didn't think yeah. they could look that good. They didn't think they could push that hard. They didn't think they could live that discipline where we draw them out mm-hmm. a daily schedule with their supplements and their nutrient yeah. timing and their training and they are able to taste extreme discipline. And then once they've done that for three months, you can say, hey, let's pull back to 80% of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's say, you know what, let's bring the calories back up a little bit to maintenance. They're gonna be like, this is this is a lot of food. Let's give yourself yeah. a little wiggle room. But maybe you take some of those skills you've learned with understanding quality and quantity, and uh, you know, maybe leveraging some of the frameworks of doing the faster cardio every day, and, you know, putting the calories around the lifting. And now you can live comfortably there and just maintain that for as long as you want. But you have to understand, I think, at that extreme level, what does 100% look like before we pull it down to 80%.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyways, really proud of Abby. She got on stage, she competed at the Amateur Olympia,
1: You look gorgeous.
0: It's one of the top national shows in the country. Just for you guys out there to put this into context, the people that compete at national shows, this is usually all that they do. They spend all year prepping for this one show, just that one thing. And they will spend 12 months, most of them have done multiple shows Mm -hmm. before, they've won a show even, and now they're competing at nationals to get their pro card. Abby did this in three months.
1: Yeah, it's pretty ballsy, the, the show that she chose to do. And she
0: still did CrossFit. It's a very, uh And, and she awesome. got on stage, she's got and so she looks much great. guts. And great. And I'll tell you right now, oh,
1: man. when you see someone yeah.
0: competing in a show, if you're someone out there who's interested or intrigued by this, or if you have a friend who's like doing, getting ready for their show, understand that it takes so much guts to step on stage. It's not an easy thing. You can
1: say whatever you want, if you're sitting in the stand, but say, because a lot of people, I think, have things to say about people stepping on stage, unless you've stepped on stage, like, literally, you have to zip your mouth because you have no idea That's the ex- balls it takes to, like, get on that stage. You're not going
0: to be more exposed than being naked I on that stage. I was
1: shaking and, before doing my first show because it was, like, nerve and excitement and it, if, it, like, takes balls. If
0: people could hear what goes on inside these athletes' heads, it's a battle for them every day to convince themselves to do this. Even pro-level yeah. bodybuilders. It's about oh, every yes. day. They have like, convince, break there's so down. much self-doubt and all this stuff. And you know, I remember the first time I did show my show, a lot of people in CrossFit were like talking <laughs> shit. It's hard enough for me to will myself to do yeah, this. Well, people are alone always deal gonna. deal with that kind of negative energy. And it takes so much discipline to be able to get your body to a place that it does not want to normally mm-hmm. go you have to get uncomfortable in a very deep and meaningful way but therein lies the reward yes of, of being able to pull that out yourself and, and see what you're capable of and ex- express that extreme discipline so um if you, know, you
1: guys want to do your first show shoot us a message
0: yeah that was a good one so, we
1: love and we, shoot abby we a message love, too tell
0: her congratulations we love for doing holding this. her own against the best competition in the country um We're as very a member proud. of the crossfit community it, We're that's very that's so proud impressive of her. and if you guys are interested in doing a show yourself or if you just don't even have a question about it show, or maybe, anything maybe you're just interested in a little bit of the aesthetics like you don't have to do a show yeah, you don't to, have to to. Do, to train like you're doing a show but if you are go on Thunderbro.com, check out frost.com afrostfitness.com uh, and book a private call and we'll do with you what we do with all of our athletes we we'll sit down for an hour discover as much as we can about you and where you want to go and then map you out the blueprint and the plan to start getting you there. We usually include a month of coaching with it where you check in every week for a month Mm -hmm. and then we update that stuff and it's a really fun and rewarding process. What I like about it the most is uh, like you mentioned before, we're so highly invested because it's not just someone we're coaching. It's literally us proving our concept and proving that this stuff does work in a powerful way. So it's a one team, one dream kind of mentality. You'll work hard. There'll be mutual accountability and we'll get you to where you want to go. We
1: don't, we don't have fast with our clients. Honestly, I, we lose sleep over them to make sure we give them all we got. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Peace.